0: This is Michael Volkoff, and this is episode 189 of Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Our episode today is a review of the ESG movement. Well, hello, everyone. Hope you're doing well, uh, hanging in there, uh, getting the vaccine and getting back out. Um, I thought I'd turn to what I consider the latest uh, sort of trend, the natural outgrowth, in my mind, from compliance to ethical business decisions to... Uh, ESG and frankly ESG to me is just uh, is a way to leverage some of the the other trends that we focus on being compliance and ethics but you know it's uh, becoming uh, an important trend and and I thought we'd take a look at some of the important aspects of it before we do that let's uh, turn to uh, our sponsor steel compliance
1: Steel Compliance is the global leader in compliance and ethics management. Steel's compliance and ethics platform is comprehensive, robust, and easy to use to promote a company's culture of compliance. Steel partners with the world's largest, most respected companies to deliver compliance products and services that help organizations embrace a culture of compliance while protecting their brand. Building an ethical culture is a complex undertaking that requires a detailed understanding of the global compliance environment, considerable time, and specialized expertise. Steels end-to-end ethics and compliance platform is designed to provide compliance officers with the solutions they need to proactively address changing regulatory and reputational risks. Steels ethics and compliance automated platform offers critical functions designed to promote a speak-up culture to advance employee engagement, reporting, and incident management, Investigate promptly and fairly potential incidents to ensure compliance with your organization's code of conduct and applicable laws and regulations, including anti-corruption, anti-money laundering, antitrust, sanctions, cybersecurity, and data privacy. Manage your organization's compliance policies and procedures to ensure that policies are updated and disseminated effectively so that employees understand your organization's compliance requirements. Educate and engage your organization to promote understanding in how your compliance program applies to day-to-day operations. And evaluate and monitor your organization's business partners, vendors, suppliers, and customers to mitigate risk and ensure adherence to your organization's ethics and compliance requirements. To learn more about Steel's compliance solutions, please contact us at email steelglobal.com or call 415-692-5000.
0: Well, here we are uh, talking about e, uh, ESG. And uh, like I said, it's uh, it's the hot trend right now. Um, and, you know, sometimes corporate governance comes under the influence of fads or initiatives that gain traction. Um, and sometimes companies engage new theories or strategies because they sound good. But uh, here... This is a little different, I think. Uh, This is sort of an organic growth that occurs from uh, investor demand and focus finally on sustainability and sustainability uh, operations and better risk management by companies. Uh, And at the same time, it's mixing with social uh, justice issues, environmental concerns. Um, And I think these are important trends to watch. Um, You know, some may say that the Sort of movement towards social um, issues and concerns by corporations reflects a fundamental dysfunction in our political system and I think there's something to that in that issues uh, that people want addressed are not necessarily getting addressed or uh, people feel that the the companies have a responsibility to play in this area as well you know whether this is uh, a uh the best use of corporate resources with esg i think to the extent we're focusing on important issues um particularly with regard to sustainability environmentalism long term planning that's to everybody's benefit and i also think uh that uh, you know some recognition of environmental impacts and uh that we operate in a difficult social time where social justice issues have taken uh, a higher priority, I think uh, there can't be anything wrong in dealing with that. Now, of course, there's the Milton Friedman view of years ago, which is that companies should just operate for profits and for stake uh, shareholder interests. Uh, but I think the term shareholder interests has become a little bit broader in concept than just financial uh, reporting or financial uh, performance. So, But, uh, you know, the growth of ESG is really not um, self-generated, like I said, but is responsive to investor and public demands. Investors are definitely conditioning large capital investments on the existence and quality of a company's ESG program. So it's a broad enough concept that it includes corporate attempts to build a strong corporate brand, reputation, and promote long-term growth. Those are things that ethical companies... Uh, should be right within their bailiwick. And that's my point here, is that there's a way here to leverage ethics and compliance into ESG. This is not something new. And when we get into ESG planning and how you implement it, lo and behold, it sounds a lot like compliance functions. In other words, line of sight, um, making everybody responsible for it in one way or another, and coming up with measurements and accountability So, um, you know, I've said it over and over again that companies with positive ethical cultures perform better financially over the long run. Uh, So as a result, any corporate ESG program obviously will build on the effective ethics and compliance program. So ESG has to be a priority for boards and management. The advantages of proactively tackling it are significant. Uh, It can... uh, a robust ESG program with good transparency and reporting can open up access to large pools of capital, build a stronger uh, corporate brand, brand, and then obviously promote sustainable long-term growth. Um, and, uh, you know, there was a time when a public stance years ago on ESG issues was a public relations tactic, and now that's no longer the ca- the case. So let's go back to what the investors are demanding In 2019, ESG investment funds increased by $70 billion, while traditional equity funds saw an outflow of $200 billion. ESG investments continue to increase in comparison to traditional equity investments, and ESG investments are performing better than traditional equity funds. So, major institutional investors now are clearly communicating their expectation that companies institute a proactive ESG program and policies. An effective ESG program attracts the capital and probably employees, uh, and it allows you to embrace companies to embrace the fast arriving millennial demand for ESG values. Companies want uh, employees want their companies to embrace ESG principles as a price for their loyalty and commitment to a company's intangible reputation for social awareness, ethics, and shared values. So, uh, companies have to prepare for the scrutiny and the impact on its access to capital. And they have to be designed for board and management execution. And activist investor, invent, investors have used governance problems and weaknesses to leverage their strategies also through proxy contests and campaigns. So the E component of the ESG is taking on increasing uh, importance in response to demand that companies address climate change, and we're about to see SEC regulations in this area. Uh, And this rising interest in climate change is reflected in investment strategies implemented again by major investors. Uh, COVID-19 has underscored the importance of the S-factor, social considerations of ESG strategies. Companies are being scrutinized, for example, how they treat employees, engage with customers, and manage their supply chains. And companies have to develop policies and controls designed to identify appropriate ESG criteria for their specific industry and their company. It's easy to get lost uh, in a variety of issues under the ESG umbrella, and a focused approach is critical. I mean, it's, a, it's so broad, the definition, particularly of the S, that you have to sort of pick and choose uh, the issues that you want to focus on and make sure that that's true. So an oil and gas company, for example, that relies on fracking has to measure waste management and impact on the environment and natural resources, A service company may want to focus on diversity and inclusion to advance customer acceptance of company operations as an important reflection of social diversity. Once defined, companies should benchmark their performance relative to other companies. Uh, There's a global reporting uh, initiative, sustainability standards board. There's a global initiative for sustainability rankings. These organizations uh, analyze a broad range of ESG for certain industries. So companies have to establish relationships with ESG investment funds and promote their commitment uh, to ESG principles. So those are some of the sort of initial outlining framework, but let's get a little bit more into this in, this, in the situations um that I think you use compliance and ethics to sort of leverage into this. Companies that have been committed to advancing a culture of ethics will find ESG a welcome challenge. Those companies who have failed to build an ethical culture or a real compliance program will find ESG to be yet another challenge and are likely to fall behind in this area. So this is a situation where it's better to get started, and you better do so now, Because you cannot just wave your hands, repeat the mantra of ESG, write a few policies, and then call it a day. Much more is required. So there are many strategic parallels in the process of developing an elite ethical culture and an ESG program as a fundamental cornerstone uh, of an organization's operations. Like corporate culture, uh, corporate leadership, board members in the C-suite – have to advance, communicate, and commit to ESG. I mean, this sounds like an ethics and compliance uh, program task. Specific requirements and controls have to be integrated into strategic management, risk management, employee relations and compensation, corporate communications as part of an overall corporate governance plan. In each context, a manager or leader has to embrace responsibilities and then be held accountable for performance planning, measuring, and reporting ESG metrics in each function will enable an organization to disclose then ESG data. To bring even more value to investors, shareholders,, uh, regulators, and other stakeholders, companies have to integrate ethics and compliance program reporting into the ESG disclosure. So for example, I've seen a sustainability reports, uh, extensive reporting on an internal investigation and speak up culture and and uh, all of that data tends to come out into a sustainability report and it makes sense by definition a combined reporting framework will make an important statement. ESG and ethics and compliance go hand in hand. Companies can publicize this robust report to advance a company's value and reputational strength. Remember. A company's most valuable and tangible asset is its reputation. Some estimates have ranged as high as 40% of a company's stock value. ESG is a powerful multiplier for that value. Add ethics and compliance to the mix, and the companies will experience exponential increases in uh, value. Now, there is the initial challenge uh, of climate change. Regulators, investors, and shareholders are demanding that companies address Climate change risks. They have to quickly develop information, analysis, and climate change factors as part of any significant corporate decisions, investments, strategies. Uh, Investors are looking for this kind of analysis. Companies that ignore this demand will suffer quick negative results. In this framework, corporate risk management functions are quickly improving as a predicate to prevent supply chain and economic disruption. COVID-19, for example, revealed the sort of uh, weaknesses everybody has in supply chain and in responding to economic disruptions. Such a process now has to incorporate climate change and ESG procedures aimed at identifying risks and mitigation strategies. So ESG has focused corporate and public attention on important public policy issues as well. Employee welfare, fair wages, health and safety, diversity and inclusion, environmental justice, and even voting rights. The pandemic exposed weaknesses in corporate activities and priorities when it comes to these issues. At the same time, investors are demanding corporate strategy focus on long-term growth versus quarterly profit performance. And long-term growth requires that companies develop sophisticated, long-term planning that builds on positive employee relations, long-term investment, and sustainable financial performance. So many companies are actively planning ESG programs, disclosure strategies, and measurement of ESG factors. And this can't be done, you know, sort of in a slap-happy way or, you know, slap-hazard way whatever the expression, companies can establish standards for ESG strategies and eventually ESG reporting and metrics. So, look, it's easy to get lost in this. Focus is the key. Leadership has to define the strategy with the board. Uh, A designated officer has to lead implementation. Remember that the ESG bucket, bucket can get overwhelmed with causes, issues, and priorities. Leadership has to sift through these individual items and commit to action. The ESG program now has to be implemented. A first step, in my view, is to identify opportunities and objectives for the program. Risks in these areas have to be identified as well. Your carbon footprint, for example. Strategic analysis coupled with a risk assessment is a fundamental issue strategic planning, business analysts, and risk management in the company have to incorporate ESG issues. There's no not need to design an ESG process outside existing business planning procedures. The trick is to add the, the ESG focus to existing procedures and control. So your corporate internal controls have to be updated. There has to be ESG training. Uh, And just like any other corporate policy, a broad statement of intention is the first step, and specific procedures controls need to be defined to guide the process. This leaves an important question. Who should be the policy owner? Well, a designated ESG team, like Ethics and Compliance, has to have authority and access to the C-suite to get the job done. ESG also needs line of sight across the organization. ESG is a practical high-priority initiative that should reflect the overall commitment and stature. Public relations, communications, and investor relations should not, and let me repeat that, should not be managing the program. ESG is a business priority, one that adds value to every aspect of corporate business. It's akin to ethics and compliance. Its organization leadership and operation has to reflect these fundamental principles. Like compliance, ESG has to be a part of the organization's fabric, its day-to-day operations, and its decision-making functions. Each company function has a role to play. Human resources, legal and compliance, business development, investment planning, corporate reporting, and on and on and on. Each function has a responsibility to operate consistent with and in furtherance of the organization's ESG program. Now, ESG challenges companies to reframe business operations, to incorporate longer-term planning, social values, and initiatives, and, of course, effective governance structures. This is another way of restating the obvious trend in global business. Companies have to develop forward-looking, long-term strategies that incorporate future economic, environmental, social, regulatory, and ethical developments. Organizations cannot isolate themselves from social, environmental, and economic influences and events. Reporting on ESG performance has to be managed by a disclosure team. Regulators are likely, likely to provide guidance on reporting requirements and the SEC intends to develop a comprehensive ESG disclosure regime. Investors and shareholders will demand accurate reporting of ESG performance. And corporate boards obviously have a a huge role to play here in the design, implementation, and operation of the program, as well as reporting requirements and full disclosure. Similar to ethics and compliance programs, they have to assure that ESG priorities are aligned with the business interests, that ESG risks are managed, and that the ESG program is advancing the company's ESG objectives. Now, boards are going to have to determine the best way to organize its oversight function, like compliance. The entire board is responsible for the ESG program. Whether a a separate committee should be created or each existing committee charter should be amended to incorporate ESG responsibilities in It is an issue that has to be determined by each organization. Given the broad application of ESG priorities and requirements across the corporation, most companies probably will add ESG responsibilities to existing committee responsibilities. ESG and compliance are natural partners with basic overlap in the governance area. Both compliance and ESG require line of sight across the organization and share the interest in in having every part of the corporation incorporate compliance and ESG principles. Given this basic reality and the need for a partnership, this could be a valuable moment for ethics and compliance to leverage its influence into the ESG process and to work as a natural partner, just like they do with internal audit. So corporate sustainability programs now will reflect stakeholders, shareholder, and government demands to address uh, issues from environmental harms, racial justice, employment practices, and community injustices. Well, it's going to be an interesting trend to watch. Uh, I know there's a lot of demand for it right now, and I think it's going to grow even more as the economy gets ready to expand uh, people are predicting sort of uh, economic growth. Uh, we're on the, uh, the throes of probably a big expansionary period, and I think that's going to mean more and more demand for developing uh, and addressing this issue and developing ESG programs. So we'll watch this trend. It's an interesting one. Let's see what happens, uh, and we'll be back uh, to next week to talk about a new issue. Thanks for listening.
1: You can also follow our award-winning blog Corruption, Crime and Compliance, and our podcast series. You can contact Michael Volkov at his email address, mvolkov at Volkovlaw.com. Stopped
0: into a church. I passed long way. Well,